0: Welcome to the Bump and Thrive podcast with Ash and Bex.
1: We are friends and life coaches sharing with you our very real and raw journey into motherhood as we consciously explore pregnancy, birthing and beyond. Our purpose is to
0: inspire you to embrace this transformative journey and feel empowered about your choices as a woman and as a mum. And in today's episode, we are talking about an empowered birth and making the right choices for you. And this comes just in time to introduce you to Rebecca's beautiful little baby, Essence, who was born, what, seven weeks ago, Bex?
1: Yes, coming up to seven weeks and she's grown. I cannot believe I've got a baby girl. A baby girl so exciting so
0: beautiful she's absolutely gorgeous and so we were also really keen to kind of get in while it's still fresh and talk to you about your labor experience your whole birthing experience and your journey so far the very first days of motherhood so how are you feeling how are you, where's your little one right now and, and how does it feel to be working while she's oh, it's kind of work isn't it how does it feel to be working while she's around
1: well, I definitely miss her every time I'm not kind of near her and attached to her, even though right now she's literally just next door hanging out with Papa. We we made sure we gave her a bit of a feed. like on the So I'm, I'm feeding naturally, breastfeeding. So just before we came in to do the podcast, I gave her a nice feed so she can relax and never chill out. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm always connected to her in some way, of course. Um, even though sometimes it's nice to have that space where, you know, I'm, I'm baby free for a moment. I still always miss her and can't wait to get back there.
0: Mm-hmm. It's such a precious bonding time, those first few weeks and all your, all your instincts are kind of kicking in to respond to every demand, right? To every cry, to every little sound and sniffle she makes.
1: Yeah, and it's I was just talking to Jeff yesterday about how I never really held a lot of babies like newborn before now because I was just always quite nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't feel that natural, but how naturally and quickly I've just been able to just know how to hold her, know how to soothe her, know how to be there for her, and you know, mm-hmm. even at a time, um, she sleeps next to us in a bassinet like a co-sleeper, and every noise, I'm just awake straight away just to check in with her. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like it's beautiful, and you know, it's funny because like Jeff is a bit different; he doesn't have that during the night, um, where he just kind of roll over and go the other way. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Um, but yeah, even seeing the way he's he's turned into a father so naturally and beautifully, um, it's just amazing. Like what we can do.
0: Wow. Yeah. Gosh, I've got it. I've got it all coming back to me now. All coming back, and then on. Um... Our little one will be arriving on Wednesday next week, so what, five days away. So I'm really keen to, like, you're literally just a few weeks ahead of me, so I'm like, remind me, Bex, what's happening? What's happening? How is it? (laughs) So today we're going to talk about your neighbour as well. Um, We spoke a little bit before, didn't we, about the plans, about how you're preparing, about your mindset going into it. And so I think it's really great to now kind of, check in post-labor and just reflect and just air it all and, and how was it
1: yeah for sure and um it does it seems like ages ago now but it was just such a significant moment in in my life and in our life um yeah it's just crazy how you kind of in a way go back to normal after such a massive event um but yeah we we actually ended up having essence on the, the due date, which doesn't really happen a lot. I think it's five percent that happens. So she was born on the 29th of December, which was really beautiful at mm-hmm. uh, 2 a.m. And we actually started. I started my contractions on um, like the 27th, so our labor was pretty long. Um, the, How many hours? Thirty, about thirty hours altogether from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's from like the first contraction. So not like active labor. However, after an hour of the first contractions, it was, it was quite, there was quite a lot of pressure there for me. Um, So I know they say usually you can sleep through the first kind of day or first few hours of contractions. um, But that wasn't the case for me. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't lay down. Um, The pain got quite intense quite quickly. So I was implementing all the tools like leaning on the wall and Jeff was rubbing my back and then we had music so I could try and dance through it um mm-hmm. but yeah and you know I think going through all the hypnobirth and stuff which was amazing we also would would not say pain we we, we decided not to say pain and we would replace it with the word pressure but honestly mm-hmm. going through it I can't describe it as pressure it's just it was pain for me <laughs> you can't describe it any other way yeah <laughs> yeah but but I think that
0: Again, it's like just having that tool up your sleeve in the moment would have, would have helped you so that you were describing it as pressure. And sure, in hindsight, you, you can say that was painful. <laughs> but in the moment, you know, that, that awareness of of understanding that by using those kind of words, you would only intensify it. And by using the words like pressure. Um, and I know that a lot of people use like releasing instead of contracting. Um you know these kind of words can just help us to to soften our experience because language is so powerful so i totally get why you opted for for more
1: empowering softer words right yeah yeah so we also substituted contraction for wave um wave, and yeah. yeah so to be honest i i literally barely spoke for the 30 hours until i i end up getting an epidural and i'll come to that but um Jeff basically handled all of the communications all with the midwives with the doctors with everyone because that was part of our plan but also as soon as the contractions hit my eyes just closed and I went into that um you know that self-hypnosis which they spoke about and I didn't realize how deep I had gone in until I saw the pictures afterwards mm-hmm. but I shut off and I was um really just trying to get through the 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 pain in that moment of, or like in um survival mode um which again like we spoke about trying to be in, like being empowered in the situation and and you know I spoke to you about I is that empowering but yeah like you said it was it was really empowering to be able to just birth and make sure essence came out safe make sure I was making the decisions I wanted in the moment um But yeah, like now reflecting on it, we, um, if I go more into the details, we, so I started contracting at nine 30 at night and then we were invited into the birthing hospital at five in the morning. Um, so here we have water, water birth centers and they're a bit different to the hospital, but they're attached. So they try to get you to labor at home as much as you can. Um, and straight away, as soon as it, as soon as I started getting the, the contractions, or waves, Jeff and I both jumped into some of the stuff we had learned. And, um, that was like, we, we had a bath going. and we always had the, sh- like the shower as well. So I'd be going back and forth between those the whole night. Um, I'd be leaning against walls or I'd be sitting on the, uh, the bouncy ball thing. I can't remember what it's called right now. Yeah. Ice ball. Um, and we'd have some energizing music so I can dance if I wanted. Um, and then we had affirmations around. But, again, my eyes were closed. And um, I would just start kind of humming. And Jeff would know, okay, there's a wave coming. So he would just come and support me from behind. And that support really helped me. Even if sometimes he might even touch me and I'd kind of push him off because it would be too much for me. But just be being there was so supportive, you know, and yeah. the the water for me would really help, especially in the shower, so that like and sometimes I'd have it really hot, sometimes I'd have it really cold um but yeah, lots of walking throughout the night, and i didn't I didn't get to sit down because it was just too painful for myself when I'd sit down or lie down mm-hmm.
0: um, so you had lots of tools to lean on, like lots of different um yeah, resources in your toolkit to just go. Okay, what can I try now? What can I try now? From the music, the dancing, the showers, the baths, the massage, and so like having having these kind of the, these yeah these tools, for want of a better word, just allowed you to feel equipped and prepared. And I suppose nothing prepares you for the sensations that you're feeling, but knowing that okay, I've got this. I can do this. This is going to work for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We also ensured we had like um lots of so we got LED candles for the hospital, but we also had LED candles in the house just to make sure everything was quite dark because that helps uh, you know, if we go back to the caveman times, um and even animals now you can notice when they're about to give birth, they go into shelter, they go into somewhere where they're protected and it's dark yeah. and it's warm. Um and that's the same with humans from the research we've done. So we made sure everything was really dim. Um we made sure we had switched all the lights off and I was just walking around um able to see stuff, but with this really beautiful ambiance in the house.
0: Yeah, calming, right? The nervous system feels calming, the hibernation, the yeah, the yeah. going inwards. And it is interesting because I yeah, I was I was like I said, I was pretty much silent um during labor with santhi you know this i was expecting perhaps a lot of like animalistic roars, but um but i was silent pretty much throughout i kind of very much went inwards focusing on various visualizations and obviously through the hypnobirthing you have this sense of being able to take yourself somewhere else essentially did you find that you did that with your when you went quiet did you take yourself somewhere else were you visualizing anything was it mantras where did you go
1: yeah, for me I would always think about so something they they spoke about I I can't remember if it was in the hypnobirthing but um someone had said to me that, you know, your when you feel a contraction, it's just your uterus, it's muscle and it's doing a work. Just like when you go to the gym and you wanna maybe work out your muscles, you have to feel pain to like mm-hmm. a little bit of pain, a little bit of, you know, if you're doing a squat you feel that fire in your legs and the pretty- burn, yeah lean into the burn <laughs> yeah yeah so I always remember that okay like my uterus is just working out because what it's about to do is like help me push out our beautiful baby girl and it's myself right so I can't like I, I always thought about it's not like um it's not a separate entity the contraction is not a separate entity it's part of me it's what I'm doing it's what my body's doing it's what essence mm-hmm. is in it to do so we can Birth her, yeah. sake. So that helps me knowing that it's me yeah. as opposed to like body. it's
0: not, yeah. This isn't happening to me. Uh, but, this is something that my body is. I'm preparing. My body is preparing to yeah. be able to to do this feat, to be able to give birth. Yeah, that's lovely.
1: Yeah, and obviously the breathing. They they speak a lot about breathing in lots of spiritual meditation, hypnobirthing, and that was just such a beautiful anchor for me through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I was doing the exact breathing that they taught us, um, just really big breaths that I would hear. So it could could really anchor me and I could feel it. And I knew, okay, I'm breathing, I'm alive, I'm okay, we're good. I can manage this. That really helped me. And um, so when we got to the, the actual birthing unit, so this was five in the morning, I hadn't slept at all. We'd been on our feet most of the time. We were both already knackered. And actually also on the way, I threw up like massively in the car so it mm-hmm. was over me and we decided not to stop because we were like I just I want to get to the hospital I just want to get to the birth. And you know, right I don't want to spend another half an hour trying to figure it out on the side of the road um yeah. so it was just to get really raw there was um there was throw up like all over the all mm-hmm. over I was in sandals there was throw up all over mm-hmm. the um, bottom of the car there and I was just like i threw up probably five or six times before that as well and it was really intense it was like um there was a point i was kind of to get very real like kind of choking on my throat because Mm -hmm. um, because what i was learning about after and what our midwife said at the birthing unit was when you go into birth um your body is trying to take all the energy for birth so then your digestive Mm -hmm. system can actually switch off Mm -hmm. so that but then I think in there it just tries to get rid of it so it doesn't yep. have to manage it and I was like that's that's amazing that the body can do it it felt horrible yeah. in the moment but,
0: but it uh, was for
1: a bigger purpose and and it's so interesting because I think people can go into
0: um the labor experience thinking I want it to look like this and I'm going to be worried about this and I'm going to be worried about you know how I look or what's going on down there or what my body's doing what my bodily fluids are doing and the reality is when you're in it you just don't care right you're just you're so engulfed and consumed by what's going on that, that everything superficial just falls away and and you are in that survival mode but in the most precious way you know it's it's just about Mummy's health and baby's health, and that's it, and nothing else matters. It's such a perspective shift, isn't it?
1: Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I I don't know. It's like, you know, the whole obviously, we both meditate quite a lot, and I'm a meditation teacher, but that's probably the most meditative state I've ever been in in my whole life because I didn't have loads of other thoughts. It was just, all right, let's do this. We're good. We're, let's breathe. Um, and let's just go with the flow and accept where we can. Um, but yeah, even like uh, on the way to the hospital, it was actually obviously the 29th. It's a holiday here. And when it's a holiday in Perth in Australia, you um you get double demerit points. So if you're speeding, for example, you get double the points and double mm-hmm. the phone. Um, And I was just like, I don't care. Just get there. And so we actually put emergency lights on. Um, to get there, and we passed a few cameras, and I'm sure if the camera people looked at the picture, they would have been like, "Yeah, that sister is in labour. It's cool." <laughs> but yeah, seeing your face screaming through the no, no, not screaming because you were silent, weren't you? But that's
0: the reality of it, isn't it? It's, um,
1: yeah. Well, no, I definitely had some roars, but um, yeah. Even the mm-hmm. cops that would pass, and you would have seen like my face, or like I'm trying to grab onto things, and mm-hmm. you know, just anything to, like you said, anything to get through it, mm-hmm. um. Again, going back to the breath I was talking about, I used um, in the birthing center. So our plan, like mentioned before, was all to have a natural water birth. And of course, like I'm, I was trying to manifest a five hours, she just floats out like a little angel. Um, that was not the case. <laughs> so mm-hmm. After like you know, nearly what was it, Um, twelve hours at home, we got to the birthing center. They had to fill up the bath, and it's a massive, beautiful bath. They checked me. Um, they asked if I wanted to be checked because that was part of our burden plan. If you're ever going mm-hmm. to think and touch my body, please ask. So they they asked Jeff. Jeff kind of communicated to me and I was like, yeah, I want to know how far I'm dilated. Um, so by the time we got there, I was five centimeters, which was great. Um, but even laying down to do that was quite painful for me because I ha- I wasn't able to lay down before. So that was a bit of a struggle. And Jeff was really supported, supportive in that moment. Um, and then with that they wanted you to lay down when you arrived so they could check you yes yeah yeah again they like they they asked me first and they're really beautiful at kind of following the the birthing plan we had created um and I think when I first got into the room even some there was another midwife with another lady and she shouted from because we we got into the room we're kind of settling in and my she wasn't our midwife, but she was a substitute midwife until our one got there. Um, mm-hmm. She was in the room with me, and this lady kind of came to the door and started shouting, "Hey, what's this?" And Jeff was like, "Excuse me, can you not communicate like that? Um, Beck's kind of going through labor right now." And then the other midwife with us was like, "Hey, like this is an emergency." And Jeff and her had a bit of a talk, and I just I love that Jeff showed up in that moment in that way because mm-hmm. I'm going through something which is really significant to me and you know like having someone else come in and shout about someone else and make all this Mm. going on but that didn't really support me yeah Um,
0: it's amazing like the energies around you I mean I was in I was in hospital on Thursday night as, as we as I mentioned before we started recording and you know when you're in your little cubicle you can hear the midwives you can hear everybody talking around and they they do they talk about you they they don't necessarily have this awareness you know they have it's literally kind of they want you know their one concern is your survival so they're often not very thoughtful or mindful of the words that they're using or the way that they're expressing themselves Um, and I think it's, it's good to kind of as much as possible to anticipate that like that might happen you know we have our visualization and we have the language that we use and we have an understanding of how we want it to go and the impact of our energy but often people around you don't unless you're fortunate enough to be able to you know put into place your exact team at every level but as you found you know there's always going to be um there's going to people being people around you who are perhaps not grounded and our kind of you know in into fear zone panic zone whatever it is and being able to respond to that without getting dragged into it
1: yeah yeah totally and um it was really interesting because we've obviously with, with the birth sense we've had our specific midwife and she didn't start her shift for another three hours and she needed to have the 12 hours because she had just had another birth so um I was just like, oh, my God, please get her here as soon as possible, because this other midwife, even though she was lovely, um, with that first incident, I was like, she's just not on the same level as where we're at with with our other midwife, you know. the One got to know us for about six months now. And again, like just hearing Jeff say, hey, like putting that protective bubble around around us was really beautiful. Even though she kind of went back to him, it was just nice. It was really um, empowering knowing that he's got Mm -hmm. my back you know and he was ready to do thing he needed to do to help us and support us so that was really mm-hmm.
0: cool and so what was it when you when you got there that what was the shift where it went from 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 doing I suppose what you had planned to being more of an emergency situation or to being more of this is I I need something different now I need to I need to make a different choice I want to divert from the plan like what what happened there
1: yeah so um I remember after a few hours, so we started getting into the bath and that was really cool, um, very calm. And after a few hours, um I was I, I started roaring, so I started kind of vocalizing quite a lot. And the midwife our midwife was um on board at this time. So she offered, Do you want some gas? And I had always said in my plan, there's no way I'm I'm having anything, I don't, you know, I'm be able to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um and I was like, Yes, give me some gas, give me anything. That was really that was the first kind of shift that I was like plans out the window. Let's just yeah. like get anything to support me. <laughs> and I ran up that bad boy. Yeah, uh, I was like just give it to me. And so it was really interesting. This this gas became one of my lifelines. Honestly, so Jeff was one of my lifelines. Jeff Heaven water for me was one of my lifelines, and the gas. Those were the three things that just yeah. really got me through. So um, the gas. Even sometimes afterwards, they were speaking that there sometimes wasn't even gas in the cylinder. But because it was beautiful for me to breathe, so when you use it, you breathe in the gas and then you breathe out through the through the um through the what's it called the thingy that goes in your mouth, the pipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you breathe out. So you're really even it elevates the sound of the breath and it elevates you um, yeah. because of your breath even more. So that really supported me.
0: And it's incredibly like,
1: grounding, isn't it? It's like, I mean,
0: for want of a better um, reflection, I suppose it's often smokers find that they go out and they're taking these deep breaths. Now, obviously, they're not getting the oxygen they need, but there is a calming element to it, which is why it can be so addictive. So, yeah, so the very act of just taking these deep breaths and knowing that that's where you were focusing on, powerful. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> in terms of the, in terms of not being the gas that you that you think you're getting. But it works. Our breath is powerful.
1: Yeah. And so any time I felt a wave come in, I would just open like I again and my eyes were closed most of the time, but I would just open my mouth and Jeff would either put a straw in my mouth for water or the, mm-hmm. the gas. Um and I'd just go huh. if it was like the wrong one and he would yes. just switch. and um yeah, it really helped me get through the the pressure, the contractions and that's yeah. one thing that I'm just, that was,
0: I remember the gas being pretty special. And I remember um, because they check on, your, you know, they write on your notes how you are doing and little things along the way. And I remember they made a note about how I was taking gas and air and they were like, no problems taking gas and air <laughs> as in she's absolutely using it because I think, you know, some women might be reluctant to it or just take a little bit of it. But I was like, I was like, give me that, you know, really deep breaths taking that in um did you yeah. find that it touched the pressure or the pain as we now understand it like or was it more just a grounding kind of
1: yeah it, de- it definitely didn't feel any difference from it and i had that conversation with a midwife after um but mm-hmm. again it's just an agreement that it's a really beautiful tool to use to for an anchor and for breath and yeah. to focus and to Instead of squeeze through it and tension muscle to breathe through the, mm-hmm. the control of the wave, so that you know because that makes it easier and you know in a we we spoke about in hypno and if you're squeezing it's harder you know with anything if you want to lift something up and you're squeezing that's already extra weight you're doing using to squeeze, yeah. you know, support the cup but if you can do it you know with relaxation then you're it's a bit easier, so that was a focus of mine just to don't resist the contraction which we speak yeah. about as, as coaches like with emotions and with feelings and with thoughts mm-hmm. resist them because then they kind of overtake you it's like accept it surrender um and just go with it you know
0: mm-hmm. and so after a little while of being on the gas and air what was the next
1: shift what, yeah, what so, uh, so in the In the bath, I would sometimes nearly pass out because of probably fatigue and also because of the pain. So Jeff would actually have to prop me up. He would kind of touch my head so I'd wake up and I wouldn't fall asleep in the bath. Because I was usually in the middle of it trying to, so I wasn't really always propped up. But I remember once in a while I opened my eyes just to look at him to get a bit of energy. And one of those times I said, how long has it been and he was like, it's been 12 hours. And I was like, okay, we have to come up with a plan because it's a long time already. And this conversation wasn't as as controlled as this now, but it was real yeah. quick. I said, how much longer? And we both decided at 16 hours, we're just going to cut it and we're going to go to get an epidural and we're going to transfer to the hospital. hmm on that so we got to 16 hours and our midwife who was just amazing she was like no look you're you're around eight centimeters dilated um because we were doing checks every four hours for dilation um she was like you're pretty close just keep going just go another half hour go another hour um, try this try that so she would get me into different positions we would go into the shower we would go go for like a small walk or try different different things to kind of um, you know, get Essence moving a bit more. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so we ended up going in for another three hours. So at nineteen hours, I asked Jeff, you know, what what's the time now? And he said nineteen hours and I was like, I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't get to twenty mm-hmm. hours because the pain at this time was really incredible. And obviously the contractions are like every two minutes or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um pretty really quick. And it was just this is when my lioness roar came out. And there was a point where Jeff, there was two points where Jeff left, uh, left the room and he just pulled the midwife on the side and said, I've never seen her this bad in my life. How long do we put her through this? How long, you know, is she okay? Is she really okay? And the midwife was like, look, her energy's going to go up and down. Uh, that's really normal. She's okay. It's just part of the the labor. But he would also have to turn away sometimes because he would cry seeing me in so much pain, you know, seeing mm. me and him being so helpless and me me being so helpless in that moment as well to an extent because my body would just go floppy, you know. Um, mm. But yeah, so at 19 hours, I just turned to both of them and I said, look, I know um, we, we've we made a plan to do it naturally. And I've asked you guys to push me and to coach me, but I need you to listen to me now. I'm done. Mm. I need what Want to get our baby out. I want to get our baby out safely. I want to feel alive again because I feel I just feel like I'm lifeless to an extent. Mm -hmm. Please. And he just looked at me and said, Okay. And then got the midwife in. She was like, You're so close. And I was like, I know I'm close, but I don't know how long that's going to be. And I can't do it anymore. And I was like, Please, listen, take me to the hospital. And she was like, Okay. And I and it was really as soon as she said that and we agreed, something just kind of released with me. And then my contractions went from every one to two minutes to every fifteen minutes because my body was shut off. And it was like mentally I had said, All right, body, please stop, please like no more pain until I get the epidural essence, don't come yet. Oh, like I can hear essence now. Is that essence? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's probably like, "Mama, I need some more loving. I need some more milk. Yeah. She's some food. Yeah, we won't keep you from her too long.
0: <laughs> we'll just get to the, well, yeah, we'll we'll go a little bit further. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, at that point, being able to say, and I and I like I said to you before, I think that that is what an empowered birth is about: is being able to, to speak your truth and speak up and say, "This is what I want now." You know, even the fact of saying listen to me it's time to listen to me um being in that space where you do you you make your decisions that you feel equipped and able to do that
1: yeah and I think with all the kind of development I've done I still had to coach myself even in that moment to go stop like trying to chase this dream and this yeah and stop trying to be like an you know an ego and stop trying to judge yourself release it and do yeah. what you want to do which is go and get the epidural go get further right. support, go transition and when Absolutely. I made the decision I like like exactly like you said that was very empowering for me to go yeah. guy like I'm here and I I'm ready to move on because this yeah. isn't this isn't going well anymore like I'm done Absolutely. yeah um, when we got to the hospital the actual was yeah. turned to the midwife and and kind of said well why are you even bringing her in? She's not ready for labor. She's only going. 15, she's only contracting every fifteen minutes. And she was like, "Just look at the data. It's been, you know, fifteen hours or whatever it was. Twelve hours, like sixteen hours of her contracting every few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, body shut down. And they were saying that I probably wasn't gonna. I was so fatigued. I probably wouldn't have been able to birth her out at that position anyways. Mm-hmm. Um so from there yeah we we kind of it took another 10 hours um from that moment so we mm-hmm. had an hour to get over to the hospital and get everything in place then we had to wait to get someone to ad- administrate the um I forgot what it's called but the bag um yeah. yes yeah thank you and then um but then we had to wait for the lady to give the epidural and all that stuff, so that took a while. And then they had to give me some synthetic oxytocin to mm-hmm. to, to ignite my contractions again. Yeah, um, and that was insane. So Jeff always talks about how crazy it was to see the change once the epidural kicked in after twenty minutes. um mm-hmm. Like finally, my eyes just opened, and it was the first time he had seen me in like twenty hours. Yeah. Um, and I would actually be able to have a conversation with people, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember yeah. opening my eyes and being like, "Oh, okay, like there's a world out there um, and then, yeah, so once we once everything was kind of ready, and I was contracting again every few minutes, the midwife would tell me when I contract, and I'd have to start like you know pushing out mm-hmm. and, uh, We tried a few different positions, but the position that worked for me in the end was actually turned around on the bed and went into like a deep squat position kind of like an Asian squat
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I will say that because I am part Asian so it was kind of like I'm really good at Asian squats this is why this is why I was so good it. this is what it prepared me for and I was just holding on to the back and um so what they would ask me to do is push for 10 seconds three times in a row and then rest and at that point I was so determined because I'd obviously just gone through like you know, twenty odd hours of a lot of pain, a lot of um, pushing and not feeling anything, and I was just like, "All right, I'm going to let it rip." I've got the support. I'm just going to go full, like full throttle. But yeah. I went so hard, my heart rate went up to like 170. Mm. So they they actually called in the um a lot of doctors. So after I started. Like four doctors came in, and I was—I had no idea, obviously—and in that moment, why they were there, but it was just to make sure I was okay and my heart wasn't going too too crazy. And that I was—I was okay. Um, and one of the doctors just said, oh "Okay, like raise your butt a bit." So we, I raised my butt, and then I started pushing. And literally, once I started pushing, she came out in like ten minutes or something. Yeah, wow. wow. <laughs> and uh, Jeff actually got it on video, and it was just so beautiful. Like he caught, like he had put the camera up, but he actually caught yeah. SM- um and it was just such a beautiful release because I felt her head come out and then I was like I'm just gonna keep pushing and then usually there's a bit of time they said between the head and the rest of the body but I was like no we're going for it so um it hung out right
0: once that once you had um a little bit of a respite it sounds like you kind of had a new you went up a gear and just got into that zone again
1: yes yeah definitely and yeah, so grateful that we decided to to take the epidural because, yeah, like she came out, she was super healthy. She started crying straight away. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, Jeff Porter and he handed her to me. And, um, yeah, the next two hours, I was just literally in bliss staring at her and smiling. And, um, it was just amazing. And, you know, like there was a lot going on down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a doctor, I had a, a tear. Um, in that area so they had to stitch me up um they gave me another injection to have the placenta come out and they actually instead of me birthing the placenta which we had planned again um I was so fixated on just holding her and being there with Jeff and just I'm getting emotional just thinking about it just yeah. um, it's safe and looking into her eyes and just yeah. with them that I was like do whatever you need to do down there yeah. I couldn't handle really- anyways I was like, just honor it in a way and they were so beautiful I knew they would anyways and um, that they just carried on you know they they, they stitched yeah. me beautifully they took the placenta out um yeah. and it's, they it's like they just knew we were having a sacred moment and that's all that mattered you know yeah.
0: and it like what a magic moment you've you've gone through all of that together and then you're united and, suddenly like I remember it just feels like suddenly everything the pain of you know we talk about mothers and it's like they forget the pain of it or the experience of it because the hormones the love that you feel the kind of that bonding the the special moment when you actually get to hold your baby
1: it's 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 worth it right Bex it is it I can say now yeah for sure I mean yeah totally worth it but after after in during that day we had a doctor come in who was helping me um stitch up and he was like are you gonna have another one and I was like I'm gonna have a oh no it's probably like a bit later on I said no I'm gonna get a surrogate next time and yeah. I was like <laughs> was part, yeah. "I remember specifically during the labor at one point I was yeah. like this I'm getting a surrogate not- next time like Kim Kardashian because yeah. whatever <laughs> um but now like, and yeah, now I reflect and I would do it again for sure I would yeah. go but in that day the part, the first two days I was like no like there's no way I'm doing that again yeah that's a once in
0: a lifetime thing well yeah, yeah I mean it took us it took us three three and a half years to to decide we were ready for for a second one I think um
1: and I understand yeah. that Get it when people want to take a break, and that's something I said to Jeff. I just want to take a break. I want my body back. Um, yeah. Obviously, go nine months sharing it, which is incredible and beautiful. And then you do that, you know, the birth, which is obviously can be dependent. It's quite traumatic. Mm. Quite traumatic, um, an yeah. Um, and then you go afterwards, trying to see if your body can, you know, kind of heal itself. And as mm. it's, it's been a really beautiful healing journey. Um just just crazy experience
0: yeah yeah and i think you know that is what the, i mean this whole podcast this everything we're doing is about because by we know that by focusing on where we want to go and opening ourselves up completely to that that we are equipped you know we are equipped and um preparing ourselves for the best case scenario all the time for everything right because that's where we direct our attention but we're also open and accepting and surrendering and gentle on ourselves when plans change or if something else crops yeah. up. And that part of being flexible and adaptive and empowered to be able to do that and to not slip down um, the path of guilt or shame or it didn't, you know, why didn't it go the way I wanted it to go or to get caught up on on what went wrong you know shoulda woulda coulda and it's like what's most important once you know once your baby's here is giving yourself over to that beautiful bonding time and yeah yes like I hear a lot of women say that they feel like you know it's it can be a traumatic experience and they've experienced trauma and that certainly needs to be processed and I think talking Mm -hmm. it out and sharing it in this way that you're doing is a really powerful way to kind of to to do that to process the experience and understand it um and reflect upon you know all those beautiful choices that you did make and all those decisions that you did make and all those hours that you did put in and and how you did it you birthed a beautiful perfect baby girl you did it and everyone's got a story to tell right everyone's got a birthing story yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, no matter what happens, I came out thinking they're all inspiring. You know, whether it's this type of birth or that type of birth, like how um, is the body? Are the women that birth? Are the babies that like make their way through those, you know, those beautiful pelvic tunnels? It's just incredible. Yeah, uh, and and also the partners, like Jeff, was he stood with me the whole time? He did every single thing I asked him without question um without you know there was sometimes I would, I would be like kind of aggressive like I think there was a pair of shorts in the front and I was like move the shorts and he <laughs> and after like you know after we kind of laughed about it but you know what helped is we had those conversations before I don't know how I'm gonna be nothing's personal yeah. um yeah. I love you and I, I will express that after but during the moment I'm just going <gasps> to show up and and he yeah. did um yeah so that's pretty- a good
0: idea right to have that conversation with your partner beforehand and just while you know you may not imagine yourself screaming or swearing at your partner right now to say that if that happens it's not personal <laughs> I, you know that's that can happen I may have to let it out somewhere um yeah, that so, yeah.
1: so having those conversations with your partner having those conversations with your midwife creating the plan the birthing plan was really empowering even though we did it off it it was great that reference it was great for our midwife to have that reference of okay she wants coaching she wants me to push her and our midwife did amazing that and I knew why she was doing it it wasn't like she was trying to force me I knew that was my wishes um you know we had code words as well for each other for like Jeff and I um stuff like that really helped to just again even though we deviated it helped to know why we were deviating or what the decision was or what yeah. Work for. yeah. And yeah, so I feel really good that we did all that research and we went to the hypnobirth classes and we had those conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we she are, is. We are to wrap up in a bit, sister. Yeah,
0: beautiful little girl. Well, Bex, thank you so much for sharing. And I think it's it's you know, there is a lot of kind of controversy around sharing birthing stories. And I remember I was the last one in our NCT group to to have my baby and as soon as I'd had the baby the girls were all just like great we can share our story with you now and you know there's this this idea that they nobody wants to share the real details of their story because they don't want to put fear into people or they don't want to yeah scare people or you know get them kind of to anticipate the worst and I get it in a in a way but ultimately like how empowering to know all the facts and to know that along the journey whatever choice you make there are women who have gone before you who have made that choice and you're empowered to do it you know this idea of this is right and this is wrong no two women are the same and have exactly the same experience and so knowing all of the options knowing that it's all available to you knowing that you are empowered and at the end of the day when you have your baby in your arms it doesn't matter how they got here and You know for me and like this is what we're going to be talking about next time because i'm having elective c-section in five days and i you know it, it took me it didn't take me long but to to get to that decision and go i am making this decision and i feel good about it and i'm not going to be constantly entertaining the other what if this and what if that and trying to anticipate every little thing that could happen um And I think that that is what it is to be empowered is to be willing to make those decisions and to go with them and to stay open and not to fall into this idea that it has to be a certain way. And we have to please other people or or consider what everyone else thinks that we should do. But actually, we can make our own choices.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, hearing you make that decision a few weeks ago or months ago now actually or I can't remember when we had the conversation. It was really empowering for me to hear and inspirational because, you know, some people make that decision based on other people's exactly mm-hmm. like other people's perspective and other people's opinions. But you know, there is that opportunity to make it for yourself, to consciously make it, um, without guilt, without shame, because um, you know, I could understand how that could be going into a birth where you just feel uncertain about your decision could be like really hard. And yeah. then going through that journey. Um, but yeah, it's it's exactly what you said. You do have the choice and you have that time to make that decision and mm-hmm. without guilt.
0: Right. And everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got an opinion. You notice at the moment that you feel pregnant, right? they'll have an opinion on names, they'll have an opinion on the size, whether you should be exercising, whether you should be having sex, whether, you know, a million things. And I think that, that, you know, the whole point of, of being empowered is that, is that you are able to make your own decisions and you're not so reactive and consuming what's going on around you. And that's both, you know, the positive and the negative, you know, just like being able to filter out the midwife when she comes at you from a place of fear being able to filter that out and go I don't need that right now what's going to serve me right now
1: yeah exactly what's going to serve me what's going to serve my baby what's going to serve all of us um as a unit as a family unit and yeah, yeah I look back on it now and I'm so again like we c- completely deviated off the plan of having mm. a water birth but i'm so grateful for everything we did i'm so grateful yes that decision to switch it up um thank
0: you so much for sharing your story with us thank you for being so honest and it's yeah i i i i I want this i want women to be able to talk about their experience and, and this and just release any ideas of you know oh, I because it didn't go to plan the idea of of, I failed because I didn't get what I set out to do and it's like no that's life honey (laughs) that's life you know we can set out and we can and put our energy exactly you know direct it exactly where we want it to be but being open and being gentle and being compassionate with ourselves that's what we want to teach our children as well so
1: thank you so much for sharing you're so so welcome and I know next Next time we do a podcast, it's all going to be about your beautiful birthing journey and yeah. how you and yeah. your little one and was super excited to hear about that and record that with you, Ash. Yeah, so, me too, me too. Not long now, sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to say, you know, enjoy the experience. I know you're strong. I know you've got all loads of amazing toil- tools and you've got a beautiful support in feet. So just sending you so so much for, for Wednesday. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. And I'll be, I'm sure I'll be sharing some pics when I'm ready <laughs> of, our, of our little boy. But um, thank you, my love.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and are feeling empowered as you journey into motherhood. If you feel cool to reach
0: out to either myself, Ashley, a transformation coach for women, or Bex, a self-love and relationship coach, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info is in the podcast blurb.